Hello and welcome to IT Varsity Tech Watch. I'm your host Bilal Katrada and I'm your co-host Masihullah Katrada. And in this show we're going to be talking about the latest trends in technology and how it affects us. In this week's episode we're going to talk about a man called Ted Dabney. Now the name probably doesn't ring a bell to most people, but Ted Dabney was actually one of the pioneers of technology. He died last year at the age of 81. And for those that don't know who he is, he's known as the father of modern video games. Now, Ted Dabney was a mechanical engineer. And one of the things he found in his times around about the late 60s, early 70s, was that computers were really, really expensive. I mean, a typical computer cost in the region of about a couple of hundred thousand US dollars. Now, Ted wanted to create a simple computing device on which people could play video games. He saw the potential of video games. So what he did was he decided to put together a few old television parts. He converted his daughter's bedroom into a makeshift lab and he set out to develop a low-cost gaming machine that was so affordable that any home could afford it. He eventually succeeded. He created this little console that looked nothing more than just a few pieces of circuit boards connected by wires. What he did next was he packaged everything in into a plywood box and covered that plywood with uh, some kind of uh, a wooden veneer to make it look attractive. He programmed the first game and this was the first ever commercially available video game in history. This game was actually called Space Challenge and he joined forces with a business partner and they decided to launch a new company to sell those devices. That company was called Atari. The first game that they created was not a commercial success. It was actually a flop. But then they went on to create a new game, which they called Pong. And that game became a global sensation. I actually remember playing that game with my dad in the early 80s in our little flat. My dad rented a little Atari system and we used to have hours playing that game. So what was what was Pong? The, the, what was the game? The game resembled uh, a game of tennis where there's two players on either side of the field and they need to keep the ball between them. Except that in the game Pong, it was so simple. Remember, this is the first ever gaming console ever created. It was so simple. The The players on either side were just little little lines on the screen, one on the extreme left and one on the extreme right. And the ball was nothing more than a dot. And the ball bounced between the two sides. And all you had to do was use the controller joystick to block the ball and hit it towards your opponent. And obviously, the one that didn't reach the ball in time and the ball went past his edge of the screen, then that person was the loser. Now, this was a momentous occasion in computing because this was the foundations of the computer gaming industry. Like it or not, the computer gaming industry is worth tens of billions of dollars currently. But the start and the pioneer was this man, Ted Dabney. And through his 
desire to create something that is reachable and accessible and helpful to people, he created the first device. And not just that, but he went on to become one of the co-founders of Atari, which went on to become one of the most successful computing companies in the world. They went on to make not just gaming devices, but also computers. Now, most of us haven't heard of Ted Dabney. In the same way, there are a lot of people out there. There have been a lot of people in history who've developed things, who've discovered things that went a long way towards giving us the lifestyle that we have currently, the technology that we rely on, the very fact that I can talk to you, I can reach you no matter where you are on the globe. This is one of the miracles of technology. So in the same way, there were countless people in history who, through their contributions, we are living the lifestyle that we have. We have this technology. We are enjoying the comforts. We are enjoying the benefits that this technology gives us. Now, one of my favorite people in history who, who had a direct bearing on the modern technological world is a man by the name of Muhammad ibn Musa al-Kharizmi. Now, this was an amazing person. I'm not going to get into his bio that Masi will do for us. But al-Kharizmi was probably the person most responsible for modern computing. Yet, he lived over 1,200 years ago. So Masi, tell us about Al-Kharizmi. A truly, truly amazing individual um, Al-Kharizmi was. And um, researching him, I I didn't realize what an important role he played in in my life as a, as a coder. Uh, there is so much that, that we um, owe to him. So his full name was Muhammad ibn Musa Al-Kharizmi. We know him better as Al-Kharizmi. He was a Persian scholar born in the golden age of Islam, somewhere between the year 780, and he passed away in the year 850. His contributions um, were massive. Um, he was not just a mathematician. He had major contributions in geography, astronomy, and cartography. Um, and in his contributions back then, established the basis for innovation in algebra and trigonometry. He's widely considered as the father of algebra. And in fact, the word algebra is derived from the word algebra. Um, it was one of the two systems that he used to solve quadratic equations. Uh, his book was the compendious book on calculations by completion and balancing. And... Um, it's not just uh, mathematicians or programmers that, that recognize him. In the year 1983, the Soviet Union issued a stamp to commemorate Al-Kharizmi's 1,200th birthday. 1,200 years ago. And this was the guy that had one of the most direct bearings on the modern computing world. I mean, think about it. Besides his book, I think the, the full name was... Uh, Al-Jabr wal-Muqabala and uh, from the word Al-Jabr came the word Algebra but what's even more remarkable is that the word Algorithm actually came from his name Al-Kharizmi so the Latinized version of Al-Kharizmi is Algorithmi and from that came the word Algorithm so he developed the concept of an Algorithm now if you look at every single computer program in the world 
It's an algorithm. Every single mathematical calculation in the world, every scientific calculation in the world, whether it's your kids at school, at primary and high school, or it's your computer programmers, or it's your world-class scientists sitting in CERN, in uh, the, the particle accelerator in, New Z- in uh, Switzerland, and doing the calculations, all these people are using algorithms to use to do their calculations. And these algorithms were developed by Al-Kharizmi over 1,200 years ago. And that's impressive. Now, for those that don't understand what the concept of an algorithm is, an algorithm in its very simplest form is a set of instructions to solve a specific problems, a specific problem. So every time you use certain inputs, you will always get the same output. Think of a recipe. A recipe is a kind of algorithm. You get a recipe for crumpets. As long as you follow that recipe to the T with the same ingredients and the same method, you're always going to get crumpets. You're never going to get cupcakes or muffins by using that recipe. So the results are not random. The results are predictable and the results are uniform and consistent. Now, in the mathematical world, if I asked you a question, and most of us will answer this question easily, how do you calculate the area of a room? Even a primary school kid will tell us that you calculate the area using the formula. Area is equal to length times breadth. Now, we know this because we've been taught this from primary school days, but what we don't know is that this is thanks to Al-Kharizmi. It's because of him that we have formulae like this, that we can simply plug in values and do calculations. In his time, there was no such thing. So whether it was business calculations or inheritance, we know the laws of Islamic inheritance are quite intricate. So these were very difficult for people to actually calculate and arrive at correct and consistent answers. So Al-Kharizmi saw the challenge that people were facing and decided to formulate a simple way for people to do these calculations. So we end up with algorithms. Do you need to calculate the area of a room? Use this formula. You need to calculate the radius of a circle or the area of a circle. Use that formula. In the same way, he transformed not only his own time, he not only transformed the mathematic and scientific world of his own time, but he didn't realize that there will be someday these things called computers that are going to rely heavily on what he has achieved, on what he discovered on these algorithms. So computer programs themselves are algorithms and are able to operate thanks to his contribution to mathematics and science. Okay, so tell me this. Right. Al-Kharizmi laid the foundations for modern algorithms. But when did the first computers come about? The first computer was actually invented in the 19th century by a, an English mathematician and engineer by the name of Charles Babbage. Now, he created an automatic way to calculate complex algorithms, leading to the design of what he called the analytical engine. So being a computer, obviously or maybe not so obviously, it needed a programmer, right? Who would program Charles Babbage's computer? Um, that distinction will go to an, another English mathematician by the name of Ada Lovelace. She created the first computer program ever. 
and that was the program that would run on Charles Babbage's analy- analytical engine. Correct. Wow, that's amazing. So she was essentially the first computer programmer in history. Amazing, quite quite a, a an achievement. Now, when you look at the work that everybody from Al Kharizmi's time through Charles Babbage, Ada Lovelace, they laid the foundations. And from there, technology just progressed and progressed and progressed. There's no time to actually get into how much, you know, all the steps that took place during the uh, the prog- progression of technology. And from Al-Kharizmi's basic algorithms through Charles Babbage's analytical engine to the little analytical engines that are in our pockets right now, our cell phones, because essentially that's what they are. They're little computers in our pockets. So there's been so much of progress that took place, and it's been a phenomenal journey. If you read about it, if you listen to it, you understand it, you'll see that it it was a crazy, amazing journey. But the one thing that stands out in that entire journey of computing history was that it was driven by people who wanted to make life better for other human beings from Al-Kharizmi's time. What was his objective? His objective was to make it easy for people, whether it's business people or those that were calculating inheritance or children at school or scientists. He just wanted to make it easier for them to be able to calculate. He felt their pain and he decided to go and solve it in the way he knew best. Charles Babbage did the same thing. Ada Lovelace did the same thing. And the scientists and engineers that followed did the same thing. So it's this indomitable human spirit. It's the spirit of making the world a better place for fellow human beings that actually made them or led them towards these amazing discoveries that uh, uh, went on to drive the world of technology. Now, looking at these amazing examples from Ted Dabney through Al-Kharizmi, Charles Babbage, Ada Lovelace, what do we learn? You know, in today's technologically driven age when people are concerned what the future is going to look like, people want to know and people often ask me, what are our children going to study? Because just about every field is being affected by technology. There's jobs that existed 15 or 20 years ago that don't exist anymore thanks to technology. Computers, information technology, these are taking over jobs. So people are generally concerned, what do we do to prepare ourselves for the future? And what do we do to prepare our kids for the future, especially at this time of the year when kids are choosing their university degrees and their university qualifications? My advice to anybody and everybody that asks me the same question is study technology. Technology is the currency of our age. No matter what your passion is and what field you'll get into, you're going to use technology at some stage or the other in your field, whether it's business, accounting, agriculture, science, no matter what, you name it, and technology is a part of it. Take medical uh, technology, for example. Some of the biggest strides in modern technology are taking place in the medical world, which we'll discuss in a future episode. But technology is there. It's everywhere. It's, the word they use is ubiquitous. It's, it's pretty much in every qualification. That's the first thing. The second thing is when our kids, when we or our kids are choosing a qualification, are choosing a path to follow, to study, 
we need to keep something in mind. Don't worry about the money. The money will come. Focus on something you're passionate about. Ask yourself this question, in what way do I want to change the world? In what way do I want to benefit mankind and make the world a better place? Now, that's a firm ground to start on. When you start off with that, then you'll simply be following your passion. And no matter what challenges you face, no matter what difficulties you face, you'll always find pleasure in in your work. So if you want to benefit mankind by healing the sick, for example, then obviously the medical field is something to to get into. If you want to benefit mankind by educating people, then something in, in teaching. So you start off with yourself. What contribution do I want to make to mankind? And that's what these people of the past, the great people of the past actually started off with. What contribution do I want to make to the world? What problems am I seeing that I could solve as a human being? And that's what helped them to achieve greatness. That's what propelled them to greatness. Whereas there were countless other people that lived in their times that we never heard of and never will hear of. Maybe there were people much wealthier than them. But these people are not worthy of mention in history because they never contributed to mankind in any way. But you take a person like Al-Kharizmi, I mean, if they celebrated his 1,200th birthday by uh, stamps, that says something, that 1,200 years later, people still remember this man. We are talking about him in this podcast, a podcast that was made possible by his contribution to the maths and science world, a podcast using technology that he could not have dreamt of in his time. But he started out on this footing. How do I make the world a better place? And this is where we need to focus. We shouldn't focus so much on the money. If you're passionate and you're good at what you do, the money will come. And that's a wrap for today's episode. I hope that our listeners actually enjoyed it and learned something. Catch us for the next episode. And once again, thanks for listening. I'm Bilal Katrada. And I'm Masila Katrada. And we hope to catch up with you soon.